destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives one story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show Quick Rant. You know, there's been a story that's been going around quite a bit, and I try not to use crass expletives. I try not to use bad language on the podcast, um, and, and I'm going to censor this one, but enough with the f***ing reclining seat airplane story. Enough with it. Sorry. So if you haven't heard, a video was posted. Basically, here's the gist of the story. A guy was sitting on the very back end of the airplane to the point where he was sitting in those seats that are up against where the washroom is and you can't really move your seat back. <clears throat> and the lady in front of him decides she's going to recline her seat back. Well, this didn't sit well with this douchebag, so he decides, oh, I'm going to get her back. And he starts punching the seat. And he's punching and punching and just like an annoying kid, like an annoying fat kid in the back of a car when you're driving all of your, you know, your son's friends to, you know, to Chuck E. Cheese and he's kicking the back of the car seat and you just want to just reach back and smack him. Well, he's punching the seat because that's what we do in the wuss era of 2020. This would be how the movie Falling Down would be filmed if it was filmed in 2020. Michael Douglas wouldn't just get off of the bus and grab a bag of guns and just walk down to the pier. He would punch the back of the seat of this lady and she's going to turn around while this is happening to her because she's also not going to address the problem. She's just going to be an a-hole and continue to keep her seat uh, lean back and not even try to find out why the guy is punching the seat and she's going to film the event. So both of them are pricks. And this ends up being shared by some local television station. And then it goes viral from there. Everybody had takes on it. And yet everybody had takes and, and viewpoints, but no one asked the real question. No one addressed the real discussion that should have been had. The real discussion is, how about some freaking common courtesy? How about you talk to the lady and say, ma'am, do you mind not putting your seat back? And how about the lady turn around and go, I I'm sorry, do you mind if, you know, I can, can we have some discussion? Can we have some sort of coming together? No, no, we've got to, we got to be a douche and punch the back of the seat. And she's got to be a prick and keep the seat back and endure the pain the entire time. And then we're going to get fresh hell takes I'm talking insane takes one. You know, first off, if you're going to punch my seat after I recline, my cushion, your cushion may be used as a strangulation device because I'm going to smother you with it. You're not going to float on out of this one. But at the same time, I'm going to at least try to address it in a courteous fashion. I'm not going to be a prick about it. So both of them should have been bigger than, you know, the other one and, they should have uh, both met in the middle on this, but no one did. And I was sitting there going, okay, all right, so when are we going to get the story where they go, you know, the Bernie Sanders people go, well, it's the mean old corporation because they try to pack all of us in like sardines because they need to make every square inch of the airplane profitable, and they're going to put us in seats that we can't even recline in because, you know, the guy from Delta, the CEO, said, well, maybe he should have turned around and said, hey, do you mind if I put my seat back? 
The whole thing was just dumb. And of course, it didn't take long for everyone to ignore the real story, ignore the real thing that should have been talked about, and that's common courtesy between each other. And they're going to start using it to bash capitalism, just like I thought. This is from The Guardian. There's a huge fight over a reclining seat on your airline. Is capitalism to blame? I kid you not. A riveting piece of cinema has captured the world's attention, sparking endless debate about the perils of life under capitalism. No, not Parasite, but a 30-second video of an altercation on an airplane posted to Twitter. Like the Oscar-winning film, it reminds us how the baked-in incentives of greed and competition pit us needlessly against one another, robbing us of our humanity in turn. The video which has swiftly marshaled partisans on either side of a long-standing and heated debate about the relative merits of ethical reclining, was shared widely after being posted by a reporter from a Fox News station in Washington. In it, a man punches the reclined seat of a woman in front of him persistently. Seated in the last row of the plane, like many in that space, his seat does not have the option to recline. Free reclining seats for everybody! Get Bernie on this one! The woman in question, Wendy Williams, posted to Twitter last week, I was returning from a teacher's convention. The man asked me with an attitude to put my seat up because he was eating. I did. I then reclined it again when he was finished. At that point, he started hammering away at me. That's when I started videoing and tried to call the F.A. By a fair estimate, reaction from the tens of thousands of responses seemingly uh, to be evenly divided. She's inconsiderate. She's in the wrong. No debate needed, one Twitter user said. If you weren't supposed to recline the seat, they wouldn't put a button on the armrest that causes the seat to recline, said another. People who recline their seats in planes are selfish monsters, said a third. If you recline with someone behind you, that's all I need to know about your character. He punches at her effing seat, and you're asking who is wrong? If I was her, I would be under arrest the second we landed, said a fourth. And on and on and back and forth it went. But, of course, with many similar altercations, it's easy to determine that this could have been solved with some simple communication. Bingo! Not this dumb piece from The Guardian about capitalism. The option to recline does seem to imply that any passenger may do so at their own discretion, but having the right to do something doesn't always mean it's the right thing to do. Taller people in particular know how uncomfortable it can be to sit in a plane in the first place. Those in the back, with they'll trouble with saying that it's merciful, pitiful to recline, and that option is something that should be taken away. As with any predatory capitalist industry, a failure by governments to constrain exploitation plays a role in our suffering. In 2018, the Federal Aviation Authority was asked to look into the case of an incredible shrinking airline seat on the grounds that much smaller size of the seat's posed a safety risk. They determined that there was no evidence that the smaller seats made flying any more physically dangerous. They did not, however, address the physiological implications of sitting and the psychological implications of being cramped in a seat. People have less room in the seats. Seats are less comfortable, and they used to be. And they were reacting in a very predictable way. They're freaking out. I'm done with this. They're basically saying, "Ah, it's the airplane's fault. Because of the fact that capitalism made those seats smaller, pushed them more together. And who didn't think that was coming? Look, the socialists want to chastise capitalism for the lack of comfort 
for the airline passengers. But they can't see the force for the trees. The premise is to condemn the airline for cramming these people into a flying tube and being so greedy that they made the area so tight because they're just milking it for the almighty dollar. But that premise is flawed. The argument should be, how does someone on a meager salary travel from New York to California? Capitalism brought that service to you. Now, a business will make the decision to either pack a tube for the most money, but a competitor will decide, well, hey, um, if we expand the area for comfort and amenities and accommodations while still maximizing the area to meet the profit margin, um, should we do that or not? They'll make those decisions. But if a company wants to skimp on this touch, they might lose clients. But the bigger picture is that efficient transportation across extremely long distances for minimal charges was made possible due to capitalism. And upgrade options are available. Pay more, get more. You want to get into first class? You want, you know, good meals, good beverages? You pay a little bit more. But when the left complains about the rich getting better accommodations, you should remind them that the poor in third world countries don't even have the option to purchase a ticket to get on a service that will take them from the East Coast to the West Coast in a matter of hours. That's all from capitalism. So now the woman is now, this is from Mediaite, women in seat recline controversy once flights attendants fired, demands name of seat puncher. An American Airlines passenger, Wendy Williams, filmed the man behind her punching her seat and the video was viral and she says, I want to know who he is. I would like to press charges against a man because I was assaulted on this plane, she said. According to Williams, what was not shown in the video she shared was much more violent punching from the man who can be seen in the clip pushing repeatedly on the back of her seat. She says the assault may have resulted in injury to her back where she's had multiple surgeries in the past. It happened every 20, 30 seconds. It probably happened eight times. That's when I started videoing Wendy wants the airline to pony up the dough to cover her medical bills, reports TMZ. Williams also said she told to delete the video after she recorded it and was given a passenger disturbance notice by the flight attendant, which warned of federal prosecution. So now she wants to take on the flight attendant and the gentleman who was pushing the seat. So now here's another thing. We're going to get into something here in just a second, but the whole story was tailor-made for the outrage culture. First off, they found a way to spin this into a, an attack on capitalism. And this is, this is how they want things to happen. Because this is how a news story can be used to address other things, other narratives that the news media wants to do. So you got a guy sitting in a seat, lady reclines, he punches the seat, she doesn't move her seat back, it goes viral, and all of a sudden we're bashing capitalism because of the airplane, right? That's how it works. That's how Vox works. That's how you get these stupid takes from Vox News. Well, check this out. This happened in real time, and luckily at Red Steez, Stephen Miller, he pointed this out. He's known for just showing the asinine antics of journalist or jahornalist, as Jay Severn would say. So... Here's what happened. 
Teddy Schaefer, he's with Vox. So he puts out this story. Larry Ellison of Oracle is doing the unthinkable thing for a tech titan to do, hosting a fundraiser for Donald Trump. So Larry Ellison is with Oracle, big company, big tech company. He's putting out a fundraiser. And so Teddy Schaefer decides to write the story. Now, this is the bait. This is the reclining video uh, of, of what he's trying to do. The recliner video right here. This is the bait. Put out the story. Oracle CEO doing the unthinkable, a fundraiser for Donald Trump. He follows it up with, if you work at Oracle and have any other thoughts on Larry Ellison's fundraiser for Donald Trump, my direct messages are open. So you can go on and direct message Mr. Schieffer and say, hey, I've, I work for Oracle. Here's what I think about it. So then he puts out a follow-up story. New, Larry Ellison's employees are furious at the fundraiser he's throwing for Donald Trump next week. This fundraiser is a slap in the face to all of us. Okay, so Stephen Miller pointed this out. He said, no, they're not. You put a call out with open direct messages and are now publishing the responses you wanted. This isn't journalism. And then he says, this is literally what started it. And he puts out the original story about the Oracle CEO throwing the fundraiser for Donald Trump and how that should be bad. Five people. That's his barometer for, quote, people are furious. Again, this is creating the narrative the writer wants. It sure as crap isn't journalism. So the first thing in this Vox article, it says, the reaction reflects how toxic Trump remains in Silicon Valley and that the ire of the top tech executives can draw when they align themselves with the president. And it's revealing that it's happening at Oracle, which employees say has a conservative culture that has not been touched by the current bouts of workforce activism sweeping major tech companies. It signals what I and many others have always feared, one Oracle employee said. Culturally, Oracle is the type of place where you, you'll work with many lovely people who you share common ideals with, but whose ideals have to be left at the door in the service of the company. Red Code, which is the uh, Vox article, spoke with one former and five current employees. So five employees are the reason why he can say that Oracle employees are outraged. And Stephen Miller goes on, gosh, why would hosting a Trump fundraiser be unthinkable for a tech titan? Is it because of outlets like Vox that attempt to shame and bully people if they attempt such a thing? It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in an Iglesias, which Iglesias is the guy who also, uh, I think he was the guy who pushed back on Steven Crowder and ended up getting Steven Crowder deplatformed on YouTube. So he goes on. This is how it works, and he's dead on with this. Create a narrative. This is literally created outrage by Vox. You just make up the narrative. What's the narrative you want? You put out the article. Pursue that narrative. You get them all to message you. Create a mob using that narrative. Lead the mob with your byline, journalism achieved. <laughs> right. 221 Oracle employees have now signed the letter to Larry Ellison demanding that he cancel his fundraiser for Donald Trump. That's Teddy Schaefer again. Unbelievable. 
And Stephen Miller goes on to say, there literally was no story here until a very mad online Vox reporter sees free speech he doesn't like and decides to create a story around it. Again, this is brown shirting. It's not journalism. Teddy then came out that a petition was started. Gee, I wonder how that happened. He then claims the petition he started is surprising. Like, whoa, again, this is a mob led by and created by a Vox activist against something and someone exercising their right for free speech. To which Tater Schaefer said the petition is a small effort so far, but, but it's surprising because Oracle does not have a politically active workforce at all. It's almost like the anti-Google. So this guy decided he was going to find out, oh, wow, the guy from Oracle's throwing together a Trump fundraiser. Well, let's write about it. And then let's get some people that are outraged about it. Now, all of a sudden, there's a petition and there's a letter and we're going to pressure Oracle to be canceled and quit putting on the Trump fundraiser. This is how this crap works. That's, this is the news media in general. This is, the, this is the way you get a reclining argument, an argument over reclining seats on a freaking airplane to be turned into a chastising statement on capitalism. Unbelievable. This is how the news media works. This is why you don't watch the news. This is why you should not go to WAPO, and uh, New York Times for your news, because they're going to give you a bunch of garbage like this. This is what they do. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of some, you know, how the sausage is made from Vox right there in real time. And luckily enough, we were able to get that in person. So now you want even more insight. Let's listen to Katie Couric as she delights in Michael Bloomberg's tweet, which insults Donald Trump. She's on Bill Maher. And, you know, Katie Couric, this lady has had more freaking, she's had more jobs than that skit on In Living Color. The Amon, you know, the Jamaicans. I am the dish man, the bull man, the pool man. The, you know, in fact, we'll play that clip. But yeah, this is uh, Katie Couric the person who's been fired from every news organization but somehow keeps getting a job, it's because she's a leftist, and leftists reward their own with other jobs. Yeah, listen to Katie Kirk delight in Michael Bloomberg trying to be slick and attacking Donald Trump. Let me ask everybody about this race and Bloomberg. First of all, he was insulting Trump the other day. Oh, my God, it was... So amazing, wasn't it? Okay, this is exactly, again, you're so helpful. <laughs> this is, can we show you, look for, and then I'll ask the tweet. Sh Yeah, show you the, show Michael Bloomberg doing his thing. Somebody said, uh, you know, that he's taller than me, calls me Little Mike, and the answer is, Donald, where I come from, we measure your height from your neck up. But the president attacked me again this morning on Twitter. Thank you very much, Donald. Uh, he sees our poll numbers, and I think it's fair to say he is scared because he knows I have the record and the resources to defeat him. Well, we cut off the laughs the, the there. The best part of the tweet <laughs> was... He was getting laughs, and yes. Well, the best part of the tweet was, he said, we're both from New York, we know the same people. Behind your back, people call you a, what did they say? Carnival a bark. carnival barker, right. barking clown, who inherited a ton of money, right. but through stupid deals and incompetence, <laughs> lost it all, or right. something like that. I, I feel like... Trump is 
like a heat-seeking missile. He yeah. can detect yes. your vulnerabilities. A bully. And, and, and Bloomberg, I think, in that one tweet, Donald Trump hates that his back was turned, you know, that all the New York Maccas turned their back on him and he never was quite accepted into society. And then the art of the deal, the idea that he's a bad deal maker. He is. So uh, I talked to somebody from the Bloomberg campaign. They said they're hiring an expert in, on narcissism and combining that. No, combine. No, this is for real. Combining that person with a comedy writer to get in Donald Trump's head. Perfect. Yeah, if there's any doubt that the news media is totally one-sided, I would think uh, Katie Couric is a prime example of that. But yeah, this is what she sounds... This is Katie Couric's resume. She's had more jobs than Amon on In Living Color. Yeah, that's all the jobs that Katie Couric has had. But you know what? Obviously, the journalists are all in the bag. Sam Donaldson is out there talking about how he supports Michael Bloomberg. I'm Sam Donaldson. I was a reporter in Washington for 52 years. I've covered every political campaign for the presidency in this country, beginning with Barry Goldwater through George W. Bush. Donald J. Trump is a threat to the country. He doesn't understand our Constitution. He doesn't seem to care about a lot of people. Donald Trump doesn't understand the world. I've never seen any presidential campaign that I think was as important as this one is because we never had the country in the hands of someone who I think is not qualified to be president. We want to say our president not only knows how to do it, but he's a great leader, a great role model for our children and a great person that the rest of the world looks up to. Bloomberg can do it. I'm backing Mike Bloomberg. He understands people. He proved that as mayor of New York. And Bloomberg can beat Trump. And now Michael Bloomberg is actually going out and saying, I could get Hillary Clinton to be my running mate. This guy is dead in the water. And I don't think Hillary Clinton is going to take second fiddle. So good luck on that one. But he's trying to buy his way into the White House. The guy's got no personality. He's probably got a better chance than Bernie Sanders and some of them within the Democrat Party. Bernie Sanders is the one that's capturing the hearts and minds of everybody. And then even though people like, uh, you know, Keenan uh, Michael Key, who's going to back Pete Buttigieg, even though those people are out there and they're trying to shift the tide in sort of a moderate way, even though Pete Buttigieg is far from a moderate, the guy is a communist, just like his father. Um, this is where we're at. And you have to realize everything you see, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, it's all liberal propaganda. It's all garbage. And they're going to push against your values. So find other news sources, okay? That's my, that's my message to you. Find other news alternatives. The most insane part of the whole Bloomberg thing is this ridiculous ad that he has. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Let's listen to this new ad where Donald Trump and a lot of crappy 80s videos, 80s movies and other uh, cultural things are tied together. I think, you know, he's tried to buy TikTok uh, influencers and Instagram influencers because he's trying to make himself cool. He's trying to make his campaign cool. 
And um, it's not really working now. You can't just get on there and say, hmm, I like big gay ice cream and think that you're cool. So they're doing this let's kick him out hashtag dump Trump video. And just listen to this insanity. Home to mommy. Go home. Bye. What? Are you going to cry? Which is also guilty of stupidity. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Get him the hell out of here, will you? Please? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Quiet, quiet, quiet. Shut up. Sit down. Go back to Univision. Such a nasty one. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. I will destroy you. What a stupid question. Butthead. Get him the hell out of here, will you? Get out of here. No, not you. Not you. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? So he says there's a bully in the White House. Let's kick him out. And that's kind of where it goes, the uh, dump Trump thing. And it, it's really got awful. But see, this is Trump's to lose. I mean, all Trump has to do is keep the economy going smooth. All he has to do is not be an idiot and let Michael Bloomberg and some of these other insane idiots like Elizabeth Warren flaming out. Like uh, Pete Buttigieg out there trying to speak Spanish, which he did a horrible job at that. Um, let's go ahead and just allow these people to trip over their own phalluses. And as long as Donald Trump doesn't disrupt that, then he should go on to uh, a nice little victory. Maybe even, shall we say, a landslide. That might be wishful thinking, but wouldn't it be amazing if not only did he win the Electoral College, he also wins the popular vote? What kind of freaking meltdowns are we going to see after that? I'm Adrian Slade. I appreciate you tuning into the show. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are hosted, you can get the uh, free Adrian Slade Show podcast. Be sure to rate it. Give it a five-star rating if you can. That helps bring it up in the ranks. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Adrian Slade Show or at Rants Out Loud. You can also find me on other social media platforms, Facebook, Gab, Parler, also on Snippy and Convo. Search Adrian Slade. You could also donate to the show, patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, or go to anchor.fm and donate. We'll see you guys next time.